Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing okay? You guys having fun? Kids, are you having fun yet? Yes, good. Hey, we were excited about this opportunity. It's something that Jessica and I um, have been talking about. Uh, my wife and I have been talking about it as well. Uh, just a, a, about an opportunity for us as a church and for particularly parents. But I think also, if you're, if you're a young adult in here, single in here, um, a time where we could really tap the brakes on a lot of other things and just let you know our passion for, for the next generation, for the next generation. It matters. These kids, you guys are amazing. We love you guys, and we wanted to let you know that. And our heart as a, a church to um, parents that are in the room is we want to just come alongside you and encourage you. And um, Because at the end of the day, what the scriptures tell us is that, um, that God's placed you in their life to lead and guide them, and God's placed us in your life to encourage you and to build you up and equip, equip you to be uh, the evangelist in your home, to be the teacher, to be the pastor of your home. And so we're, we're thankful for this day um, to be able to share with you. If you're a guest and you're here out of town or just coming to, to see uh, kids or grandkids, we're really glad you're here. And uh, today's a fun day and we've got uh, still some, some more fun things planned. Um, and I'm joined by Jessica. Everybody give it up for Jessica. Hello. So she's not nervous at all. Okay, she's not nervous at all. She's used to the kids, uh, but it's the adults that might scare her. And so you can read on her shirt, um, and it says, don't worry, we got this. All our kids stuff have that. Um, I want you to say that out loud to Jessica so she hears it and takes it in. Okay, let's say, don't worry, we got this. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So, I got it. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to be good. Um, but we wanted to kind of team teach this and just have some fun this morning looking through the scriptures. Again, if you're a guest here, we're so glad you're here and we're looking forward to what God's going to speak. Um, we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 4 here in just a moment. If you were with us last week, we just closed up a series called Watch Your Mouth. And actually, one of our subpoints was Exodus chapter 4 about Moses. Kids, you've been learning about Moses all month, haven't you? Yes? Have you guys been learning about Moses? I saw some incredible pictures that you guys drew um, of Moses, and so uh, I think we're going to have some of those out in the, the lobby afterwards if you want to see some great pictures of kids we um, might not. that they drew of, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea and uh, the plagues, the frogs and the flies. They, they drew some really awesome pictures, but... Uh, if you guys remember the story, Moses is this guy who emerges on the scene that God calls. But you guys remember how, what happened after Moses was born, kids? What happened after Moses was born? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his mom was afraid for his life, so she sent him down the river in the basket. And there's all these different, like, big kind of epic moments for Moses and uh, we're going to kind of lock in on a text today that Moses was really afraid of what God was calling him to. And we just figured out that everybody's got some fears. And you may have some different fears. Maybe it's not darkness or spiders, but maybe some other things. Kids, maybe you're dealing with some fears and it's kind of coming out in weird ways, right? Your fear is actually coming out in anger about things mom asked you to do or dad asked you to do. Or it's coming out in some real different ways, but maybe just at the bottom of this, there's some real fears that we can confront, and God's Word would, uh, will confront us with that. So Jessica's going to lead us uh, in, into the text, and uh, we're going to dive in this morning. Okay, so I will warn you all, this is the 
first time I've ever spoken public. Don't worry, we got this. In right? church. Yeah. I can talk your ear off for days. I will bore you with conversation probably. Jason said amen. <laughs> but I want to tell you this before I, we even begin to process what's on this paper that's probably going to escape my mind in a couple minutes. Is This is the stuff that God has burned so deep in my heart lately that it really doesn't matter if I get up here and I stutter and I stammer if you walk away with one thing today. So pay attention. Please try to be patient with me if I lose my train of thought. And um, I just love all of these kids to death, and I am so honored that you guys have, you trust us with them, and that means a lot to us, all of us. Um, Okay, so in Exodus chapter 4, Moses answered. He said, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? And say, the Lord did not appear to you. First of all, this is God talking to Moses. Okay, kids, this is God telling Moses what to do. And this is Moses' response. Then the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. Ah! For the love of goodness, that thing. It became a snake. I'm afraid of snakes, too. He ran from it, just like Pastor Kyle just did. Okay, but I don't know how far he ran, but I know he ran. All right? And the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and pick that snake up by the tail. Did it stay a snake, guys? Does anybody remember what happened? Exactly. Because that's how amazing God is. All right, so... This is what God said to him. He said, this is so that they may believe that I am the Lord. He didn't, I think he maybe did it for Moses as a faith builder, but I think that yeah. the, the whole message is for us. Um, so what this means to me personally, and I think what I can take away from the scripture, we can all kind of like gather from this, is so many times when we go through life, God asks us to do things. And some of those are really simple. Some of those are just to, you know, get up front and give an intro in the beginning of service. Some of them are to lay down the things that are, like, super close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And we all know what that looks like. I mean, it can be, it can be a hurt and a pain, but it, it can also be something that is a dream, a God-planted desire, um, something that you hold really, really close. Okay, so for Moses, it was this staff, all right? So in Bible times, this is a little staff for me, but they were a lot bigger, all right? So they had these big old staffs, and they would walk with them, okay? They would use them to kill snakes. They would use them to clear paths. This staff was very, very important to Moses. Um, now, I know as adults, we, like, kind of cling to other things. So that staff might have been important to Moses. Um, for adults, it kind of looks a little different. Sometimes we cling to our job or really... We count on our job to provide our finances. Maybe we're not fully leaning on God to to cover our inadequacies. Um, But with Moses, God asked him a simple question. He asked him, what's in your hand? Mm -hmm. Moses answered truthfully, all right? He just said a staff. It was easy for Moses to answer. He said, I have a staff in my hand, Lord. This is all I have. So God asked him to throw it down. I think that to me today is, is what's... The burning question is, what's in my hands? What's in your hand? What are you holding on to that God can use for his glory? Um, We can't, I don't think there's anything that I can personally do 
that's going to give God glory. It's when I'm able to throw it down at his feet and I can say, okay, God, I trust you with this. It's yours, you keep it. Um, I, we've, Kyle and I have hashed this out multiple times this week um, and what it means to throw it down. Sometimes God expects us to throw down the hurt and the pain and we're not supposed to pick it back up. Sometimes those things are the things that we leave at God's feet and we just walk away from it. And sometimes you gotta throw it down. Sometimes it's so ugly, you just can't deal with it and you leave it there for good. And when you pick it up, just throw it back down again because that's where God wants it. Sometimes they're bigger. Sometimes God plants a desire deep in your heart that he wants you to tell others about Jesus. He wants you to be a witness to your friends at school. He wants you to, oh, the list goes on and on in my mind is blank. So when we throw those down, I'm going to hand this over to Pastor Kyle because he says it a lot more eloquent than I do. Yeah, I, what I think is, is really stunning about this text is not only does he ask him to throw it down, but he's going to ask him to pick it back up, right? I think the miracle in itself is pretty awesome. Throw down a stick, turns into a snake. That's amazing enough. But there is something, I don't think it had anything to do with Moses' fear of catching and grabbing a snake. He'd probably done this in the wild many times. There is something that God was saying is when you let go of what's in your hand and trust me, just obey without, when you trust me, when you grab that thing, and when I tell you to pick it back up, if this is a dream or an ability, God's going God's to transform it when it lets go of your hands in obedience. Hear this. When you walk in obedience and you just... Even when it doesn't make sense, God, why would I throw my stick down? That's stupid. Why would I throw my stick down? But when we let go and we just obey and we trust him, it takes a different shape. Now, when God tells us to pick that dream back up, it's, it's going to look different. It's going to wiggle a little different. It's going to move a little different. And it's going to be a little scarier. <laughs> it was not that scary to throw down the, the, the stick. For me, if I was leaning in here and God's asking me to pick a snake up, I'm a little more afraid this time. And I, so it is with our dreams and abilities and fears or insecurities, whatever. We pick it back up. It, it, it takes on a whole new shape. So that insecurity and that fear is now redeemed by the love of Jesus. And when we pick it up, we pick it up as a place of testimony. Like Paul said, that I no longer, I can boast in my weakness. I can boast in my insecurities. I can boast in my fears because it's through Christ that I'm strong. It's a powerful, powerful, big idea. Um, how, how many parents in, in the room, your kids ask the question, what if, a lot? Okay, um, kids, how many of you guys ask, what if this, what if that? Any of you kids ever ask that question? What if snakes could fly? What if bears could run faster? Like, what they get is, we ask all these what if questions, and I think as adults we do this too. When I was in like fourth or fifth grade, my teacher called me the what if boy. Because everything she ever said, I was like, well, what if? That happened. And what if that happened? And some of us in the room are living with anxieties or fears about the future because we're always asking, what if? And we always look about kind of worst case scenario. But I wonder if we just took the same idea of the what if and we didn't look at it as a negative, but like, what if I obeyed God? (laughs) What might this dream, this ability, this fear transform into? Like... (laughs) 
It's taking the what if to a whole nother level. Like what could God do through my obedience? He turned a stick into a snake and back into a stick. What could he do with our dreams, our abilities, if we just, if we let them go today? So sometimes God puts us in these almost impossible situations. Later, Exodus chapter 7, we're in chapter 4 now. Later, Exodus chapter 7, Moses, God's going to use the, the, the stick into a snake thing again. But this time, the scriptures tell us that he had already hardened Pharaoh's heart. So God's going to send him into an impossible situation in order to convince an impossible man who's not going to believe him, who's not going to let his people go out of slavery. And he sends him into the situation. Sometimes we wonder, why? What if? Why? Why? We want that answered, but it's just the obedience. And it's as much about us conquering those fears, God shaping our faith through even impossible situations if we'll just obey him. So I, I think the first thing we, we've got to ask is, is what's in your hand? What, what's that fear? What's, what's the dream? What's the insecurity? What's the ability? Uh, the staff could mean so many things to us this morning. Um, but, but it's about God building our faith through that, that process of stepping out. So Jessica's going to keep reading. Uh, we're going to pick up at verse 6, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. His coat, guys. That's a, it's a fancy word for coat. So Moses put his hand into his coat, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. Does anyone know what leprous means? Nobody? Anybody? You do? Sarah, go ahead. True. It's a disease. It is. It's kind of ugly. It covers you. It Your eats you up. Off. It's that. Yeah. All right. So it was as white as snow. He was covered in it, but just his, but just what he put in his coat. Okay. So God said, "Now put it back in your cloak." And so Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored, just like the rest of his body. Then the Lord said, "If they do not believe you," Or pay attention to the first sign. They may believe the second. So sometimes, now we're switching things yeah. up here. But I, I can tell you personally, and I'm going to pass this back over to him for what God laid on his heart. But I um, know for me, sometimes God allows us to be broken. Sometimes God allows us to put our hand inside our coat and become leprous. Sometimes our hearts have to break mm. in order for God to get to the core of what is there. Yeah. Um, personally, I've seen some heartbreak. Personally, I've seen some dark days. Um, and when I lived in those dark days, it was all that controlled my thoughts. It was all that controlled my mind. I fought depression. I fought, and I still do sometimes. Sometimes I let myself just get a little bit ahead of God, and I play Moses for a while, and I say, but God this, if, or no. God that, or what if? But look at me. What can I do? This, is, this happened to me. But when I allow God to show me this, this, that he can get down deep into the core of my heart, and he can change everything. He can take the things that were broken, and he can restore them. He can take situations that blow your mind, that look impossible to everybody else. And, okay, so I'm going to give you a personal illustration. And I fought with myself over this one, but I, <clears throat> I feel like this is a perfect example of restoration. So, you know, I have a beautiful family of four. All right? And if you haven't met them, 
I'm sure they'll make themselves known at some point. But um, one is Jason on the front row. The bearded wonder. The bearded wonder. So he thinks. And there is a boy running around here named Brian. Oh, he's right beside him. How about that? There he is. In my defense, it's dark. So without going into too much detail, because I love you kids, and I want you to know that life is real, but I want you to know this, that even with all the real stuff that happens in life, God is able to, to do amazing things. So this is more for our parents, okay? Um, we look at people, and it's easy to look at people and say, well, you have it all put together. Look at your cute little family with your new baby, and everything is just copacetic. Everything is perfect. You got it all put together. Well, I, I've lost track of years um, because they just fly by, but it wasn't that long ago that my family wasn't a family. I made really bad choices, all right, guys? And I paid the price. I paid the price because things changed in our family. And we didn't live together. I was a single mom again, and that was devastating. I'm not gonna talk about that very long, because what I wanna talk to you about is God's restoration. Yeah. All right? The bearded wonder is seriously the most amazing man in the world, and I know everyone's gonna think that about the man sitting next to them, and that's cool, because I'm sure that he is. <laughs> But God, yeah. he took something that was beyond broken and began to mend it. It didn't mend overnight. It was a process. And when I came back to God and, and God started healing these broken places, and God started bringing our family back together and, and giving Jesus so much love in his heart to fight for what we have, mm -hmm. to fight for me when I wasn't lovable, to fight for me when I wasn't attractive and fun to be around, um, and he restored something, God restored something that was beyond fixable in human eyes. Um, I heard a quote this week, and it said that we have to accept the process, and this is not verbatim, but we have to accept the process to get to the promise. So yeah. I saw that played out in my life. I got to see God move. I got to walk through the process, and boy, did I ever hate the process. But when I look back at the process, and I see where God... God shielded us. God kept us. Mm -hmm. He was there. Our eyes weren't on him, but he had our best interest. And yeah. he connected with us even, I mean, when we were not paying attention, when we were not listening. And I think he's made something beautiful out of our mess. And it's something we work more towards every day, obviously. We are not perfect. Don't think that we are. Yeah. But God is amazing, and he yeah. blows my mind. Uh, kids, have any of you ever had a sunburn? Any of you guys ever had a sunburn? Yes? Does anybody in the room have a sunburn now? Okay, there's some people that sunburn. Okay, what happens after you get a sunburn? Beckett, do you know what happens after you get a sunburn? What happens? You know? Yeah, it gets real hot. Your skin peels, right? So uh, what leprosy is, if you take your hand, all the kids, take your hand and put it in your shirt. Put it inside your shirt. Okay, this is what God tells Moses to do. All right, and then he brings it back out. And all his skin's fallen off. And he had really dark skin. And now it's like really white and it's fallen off. And some like the adults in here who are really weird like to peel off that skin when it's peeling. Anybody yeah. weird? I was like, yeah. Um, all the kids say, ew, gross, gross. Um, and then God tells him to put his arm back in. Put his arm back in his shirt. Come on, guys, put your arm back in his shirt. All right? 
And then take it out again, and it's back to brand new. It's back to brand new. Can you imagine after he took his hand out of his shirt the first time? He would have been flipping out. He'd have been like, ah, what happened to my arm? I shouldn't have obeyed you, God. Why shouldn't have listened to you? You ever done that with God before? Like he tells you to do something and it gets worse before it gets better? He tells you to follow him and it gets hard? Like, wait a second, I thought this was supposed to be easy. If I was Moses, I would have given up right then probably. But here's what the Bible tells us about God is that he never leaves us and he doesn't forsake us, which means he's always going to be with us. That even when things look like they're getting worse, he's still there. He's still there. And we can trust him. That our arm, though it looks like it's falling to pieces now, when he tells us, put your arm back in your shirt, when you bring it back out that next time, like it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be as white, it's gonna be back to, to better than new, to better than new. And that's what God does to us. Let me tell you a crazy story. Kids, do you like to hear crazy stories? What about crazy stories of God showing up in really awesome ways? Here's one. So a long time ago, I was just graduated high school, and I went to this youth camp. And I was a volunteer at this youth camp, and so was a lovely young lady a few years my senior. Oh, oh. She just had her, she just had her birthday, so I can. <laughs> um, so I remember this Sunday night, this pretty girl walks in with this light blue youth camp shirt, and it's all cut up. And she's like cut up and did like little things to it, and I'm like, she's cool. <laughs> she cuts her cool shirt up. And so <laughs> I saw her come, I'm like, she's, she's a good looking girl. And so um, anyway, we were at this youth camp, and there's this thing called sulfur, and it comes up out of the ground, it's a mineral, and it gets in our water sometimes, and it makes it yucky. And it makes it smell like stinky eggs, gross, right? It makes it smell like stinky eggs. Well, I got in the shower and took a shower that night, and sulfur was so bad. Parents, you can, adults in the room, you can grab a hold of it. It smelled awful. And apparently, I'm allergic to sulfur. <laughs> I can't be completely allergic, but the amounts that were in that water, I was about to die. Um, have you ever had a blister or a little sore somewhere, kids? Yes, a little blister, maybe on your foot if it rubs... So what happens, any kid's allergic, anybody allergic to something? Okay, so when you're allergic to something, things get really, really bad, really, really quickly. And so that's what happened to my mouth. I had all these little blisters and sores in my mouth. It filled with sores. It was the worst ever. It was awful, and it happened like overnight. I went to bed that night and woke up the next night, and I couldn't how many kids in here like to talk a lot? You were like Jessica, and you can talk somebody's ear off. Okay? All the moms and dads said amen. Yes, they do. I couldn't talk for two and a half, three days. I couldn't talk. I know it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I was just trying to, like, sign language, and I didn't know sign language. I was trying to motion people. It was awful. It was awful. And I thought, like, what in the world's happening? And here's the worst part. That Sunday night, I had just seen this beautiful girl walk by that I wanted to talk to all week. And then, uh, th then I, had, I met these friends who would become my best friends for, like, the next six or seven years. We'd go to school together, and they were just my best friends. And I didn't get to talk to them for, like, three days. It was awful. It was, like, something so good, yet so terrible at the same time. And so my mouth is filled with sores. And that Wednesday night, we were having a, a worship service, and God tells me, I was sitting in the back, and 
God said, and I don't even remember what the message is about. It didn't really matter. Um, but God said, take your arm out of your shirt. I mean, the, the, the three days had been le- leprosy in my mouth. <laughs> and God says, step up there, come to this altar area, and pray for me to heal your mouth. And I, um, I came up, and, and I prayed, and went back to my seat. Took my arm out and nothing. Just, just kind of the same. And I went back and I waited about 20, 30 minutes tops. And I didn't have any sores in my mouth. Period. Period. Like no allergy medicine to kick in. I didn't know what was happening. I just thought I'd drink. After I, the kind of, at that point, I figured out kind of God kind of gave me understanding about what took place. My mouth was completely healed. I took my arm out and it was perfect. My mouth was back to new. And so that, that next day, I would sit at this. They had this big carnival with all the cool bouncy houses. You kids know what I'm talking about, the cool bouncy house. They had one of these carnivals. There was like all kinds of fun stuff to do. And there's like, like 50 or 80 uh, adults on the team and the volunteers that are making it happen. And I get paired up with this beautiful girl with these cut-off stuff going on with her shirt. <laughs> that I have not been able to talk to all week long, and we work bouncy boxing for the next two hours, and I make her fall in love with me. <laughs> God is good, people. God is good. So, no, it's incredible. Like, when we're kind of flipping out and we're, we're wondering, and why, does, why, does God, why does God allow these things to happen? Why does God allow these awful things when we, we don't understand why our arm just turned in there or why he's making us grab a snake. Why does he do these things? Because God so desperately wants to make you brand new. He wants to make you brand new. He wants you to be the very, very best version of yourself. And the only way that very best version of yourself happens is when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And he becomes everything. He fills all of our fears and all the things, all the times we're really mean, he just puts his love inside of us and all that other stuff begins to kind of fall off and, and he makes us new. And so I, I don't know kind of what's going on across the room, but I, I bet, I bet if we just think about it like I did retroactively after I went through that awful three, four days, we begin to see God's plan and we can realize God's been restoring something in me. I don't know why I went through that. I don't know why I, it's looked like this. I don't know why he's making me grab a snake. I don't know why my arm turned into leprosy. But I think if we just pray and just like wait for the right time, God will reveal that he's been trying to restore something in us. And that's his plan. So my question is, what's God restoring in you? We'll kind of keep reading here and then uh, kind of begin to close up. All right, so verse 9. Jesus says to Moses, but if they do not believe these signs or listen to you, Take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Now, guys, this part is where it gets crazy, okay? Moses says to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servants. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? No, go. I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, 
because he just doesn't learn, apparently. Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. I will not lie to you because I have to tell the truth. It's always good to tell the truth, kids, right? Yeah. Can I get an amen? Amen. No matter what, tell the truth. I thought this Sunday or through this week, pardon me, Lord. Could you send Kyle? Could you send any of my other volunteers that all love public speaking? Could you send anybody else? Could we do a skit? Could we do a program? Right? But that's not what God wants from us. When he asks us to do something for him, he wants us to say, yes, Lord. Um, So even though I inwardly was saying, no, 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 for like two seconds, I realized, because I got this like little check from the Lord, Jessica, you talk to these kids all the time. I spend every Sunday with your children. I talk to you all every day. I can get up here and talk, right? Right? I think so. So our fears. Moses had great fear. I think he had great faith, but like most humans do, Mm -hmm. our fear presents itself first. A lot of times, it's really hard to just continually say, okay, Lord, here it is. Okay, Lord, here it is, over and over and over again. And that's kind of, I think, what Moses and God was trying to teach us in those moments. Like, we have fear. We really do. We have a lot of fear, sometimes unreasonable fear. Um, Our fear births our insecurities. I know I'm not the only insecure woman in this room. We worry about our hair. We worry about our face. We worry about our clothes. The list goes on and on of all the things that that culture has taught us to worry about. But Mm -hmm. recently, this, this week, I had the opportunity to say to a woman, you are beautiful. You are a child of God. None of this matters. Literally, none of this matters. And that applies to men in the room, too, because we know you can have insecurities as well. But our fear bursts our insecurities. Our insecurities just grow into these mountains of excuses. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the thing that stands out to me, I'm going to pass this on to you. I'm going to let him do the rest of this. I'm not running from it. I just like to hear Kyle's version. <clears throat> God did not ask Moses to talk. He said, get water out of the river mm-hmm. and put it on dry land, and it's going to turn into blood. And Moses' response was, but God, I can't speak well. Does that resonate with anybody today? God, I can't speak. Well, God's not asking you to speak all the time. Sometimes he just wants you to do. He just wants you to step out in faith, conquer your fear. Yeah, Yeah, it's incredible. Again, he's building up Moses' faith here, and he he tells him to do one thing. Take water and pour it. How many of you guys ever got a cut? Any of you kids ever got a cut? You started bleeding real bad? Well, God tells him to take a cup of water and pour it out into the Nile. It's going to turn into blood. And what does Moses do? He changes directions. God didn't tell him to speak. And he, his insecurity about speaking gets in the way of him focusing on what God actually asked him to do, which is pour water into the, the ground or on the ground and, and in the Nile. It'll turn into to blood. He, he takes this this. What God was asking him to do, and his insecurities get in the way, and it turns him a completely different direction. And he begins to make excuses for this, when God, all he wanted him to do was to obey him in the very simple things. Across this room, adults and kids, we make excuses a lot, right? 
Kids, when you have homework, you make up some excuses. Well, we were out of town, and well, my dog ate my homework, and well, this, and we can come up with excuses. Well, he hit me first, and well, she said this to me, and we make all these excuses about some of the things we do or some of the things we don't do. And adults, we do the same thing. All these excuses. When God just told us to obey the very simple things he told us to do. What's the greatest two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, all Underline all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. Not most of it, all of it. He wants all of you. He's jealous for you. He loves you. And we make excuses. Someone else could do this better. God calls us into who he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. Let me, let me just paint this picture for you. Every single time we obey God, I don't want to get into a giant discussion about perfect will of God and what, whatever, but... Every time we obey God, we, we just, regardless of what it looks like, every time we're walking in obedience, and we know deep within our heart whether we're walking in obedience or not on fronts of our life, when we're saying yes, we're, we're marching towards the perfect will of God. But any time that we make an excuse, we veer off just a little bit. We veer off just a little bit, and the more excuses we make, we veer further and further off the perfect will of God. That's permissible, not what he'll just take and turn from lemon to, uh, lemons to lemonade. He'll make all things good, but, but when we're walking. And sometimes we get overwhelmed by what we're supposed to be doing. And really, it's just the simple things. Just, just do that. And, and for someone in the room that's just kind of been struggling through some seasons, I just want to tell you there's, there's purpose in that pain of grabbing the snake and that fear. There's there's a purpose in this process of healing that you are going through and restoration. There's purpose in it. God's not, he, he uses it for his glory. He's going to still use Moses. And if you've run as hard as you can from God and you're returning back to him and just saying, yes, God, I, I, I understand. I, I've, I've made bad decisions. I, I've been running. God can still use you for his glory. He, Moses killed a person. He killed a guy. And now he's making excuses to God, but God did not give up on him. He would still use him to lead his people up out of, Israel, or up out of uh, Egypt, out of their slavery. And so it's incredible. God has a plan for, you, for us, kids. Kids, God has a plan for you. Adults in the room, God has a plan for you. Don't make excuses on why you're not doing what God's called you to do, why you're not being obe obedient in the little things Sometimes we're so stressed out about the big dreams and stuff when God's just telling you to throw the stick down. He's just telling you to, to, to do what's right in front of you and be obedient in the little things. We need to stop dreaming about the big things until we're faithful in the little things. That's what maturity in Christ is. It's, it's faithfulness and all these elementary principles. A lot of times we, we wondered, why do I need trigonometry in high school? Why do I need chemistry? I'm never going to do I haven't touched that stuff ever. I'm not a chemist. I, I've never used it. And how many of you as kids said, I'll never need this? You know what we do need is all those things we learned in elementary school. It's how to read. It's how to write. It's how to get along with others. How to share. All these relationship things. Maturity in Christ is the same way. It, it's just a constant application of elementary principles. And so let's be faithful. Maybe God's asking you to release something and he's going to ask you to pick it back up. It's going to take a different shape when you let go of it in your hand. It make, it's going to come back redeemed. It's not going to stay a snake. It's going to go back into your hand. It's going to look different. It's going to come to a redeemed version of what you let go. 
Maybe you're making excuses about life, and maybe God's, you've been going through a heck of a process of pain, but there's purpose in that. There's purpose in that. God's healing you, and he's restoring you for purpose, and so don't give up. Trust that God's at a work in your life. And so I want to ask you to stand here this morning. We're going to close in prayer. The band's going to come and lead us in a song here in just a minute. But I know all across this um, room, there's, there's folks that are dealing with different fears. You're dealing with different anxieties. Um, and, if, and if that's you, I, I just want you to, all across the room, just close your eyes with me. Just close your eyes. And if, if there's a fear, if there's an anxiety, if there's something that's just risen to the surface this morning, if there's an excuse that you've been, been giving kind of distracting from the simple obedience that God's calling you to. I just want you to be honest with yourself and confront that this morning and let God's perfect love come in. And if, if that's you, if you've got a, a fear or, or, or something that needs to be restored or, or an excuse that you're given, will you just lift your hand this morning? Like all our eyes are closed. This is just between you and God. Just as a symbol of God, I'm coming to the altar right now. I'm not actually asking you to come to the altar, but just like in your heart right now, I'm just opening up, God, for what you want to do. You've got fear, anxiety. I believe that God's going to bring some breakthrough um, this morning. These guys are going to lead us in a beautiful song about no longer being slaves to fear. And Brian's going to close us in prayer right now. Um, and he's going to pray over you out of the mouth of babes. God, I just pray that, that you would speak through Brian this morning and speak to all of our hearts. Dear Jesus, thank you for all these people here. I want you to shine your light over them. For wherever they are, I want you to um, take away all their fear and put your love in them. God, thank you for these people. Um, Bless them. And amen. I'm no longer slave.